You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, episode nine with Clarence Bethia. Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Mm. Um, am I savvy enough to sit in these rooms with these guys? And I, I quickly figured out that not only was I all those things, but I was more um, because wow. because the one thing that I had on them that that they didn't have. Most of those guys don't know what struggle is. They don't know what it's like to hear no. They don't know what it's like not to have. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Trailblazers podcast. Today on our show, I'm so happy to be interviewing Mr. Clarence Bathia. Clarence is the founder and CEO of Upsy which is a free mobile app that now gives us the power of making warranty decisions directly. Now, as a user, we have access to purchase warranties uh, or start a clean process directly through their app or website. And coverage information, which includes our, your product receipts, are stored for easier management and tracking directly inside the app. And I'm really excited about this interview because Clarence has worked with several startups and Fortune 500 companies previously, including Second Chance Staffing, 43 Hoop, and Gravelick. So, you know, as Clarence tells the story, he had this frustrating laptop experience and realized there was a significant opportunity to reinvent the warranty industry. And so using his wealth of business knowledge and newfound passion for improving the warranty experience, he worked to make warranty purchasing simple, fun, and educational for consumers. And so with today's episode, he shares some of his backstory on getting Upsy going and, um, you know, how he talks through how he raised funds and how he marketed the product. And, um, you know, we discuss some of his fears and challenges and much, much more. So I won't waste much more time talking. Let's just go ahead and dive into today's episode. Clarence, welcome and thank you for being our guest on today's episode. Thank you so much for having us. We're, we're honored to, to be on today. Awesome. So I've shared a little bit about you in our intro, but we really want to get beyond the polished bio and connect with you. Could you maybe share something that's not scripted for media consumption, but it's 100% Clarence? Clarence is a, a really, really simple guy, right? Like I, I don't want much. You know, I, I really just want to work hard, take care of my family, and take care of our team. I, I guess I'm less about the, the, the frills and the, the nice stuff, and I'm more about just the grit and the grind of things. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people, they, they don't know that about me because, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking much. I'm just kind of head down and I'm grinding it out. Let, let the hard work um, talk, do the talking. Yes, for sure. That's right. So, Clarence, for everyone, and I mean everyone listening to today's episode, Clarence has created something for us all. And so I would like, if you could, Clarence, to help our audience understand a little bit more and maybe... Wondering if you could um, give us a, like an elevator pitch on Upsy and, and why consumers should be excited about your brand and, and what you've really created here. Right. So, so you know, I like to tell a story. You know, we've all been at the register when, when we're checking out at a big box store and the guy or gal at the register offers us an extended warranty. Um, but most consumers don't understand. Let's say they're offering you a warranty on the TV. They'll say, hey, for $180, you can protect this TV for two years. Well, really, that warranty only costs $30. So the, the store is making the markup. 
There's an insurance company that gives the price to the big box store. And you as a consumer, to be quite frank, you get screwed in the process. The the genesis behind Upsy was always about, you know, how do we take people? And we we both know that the warranty word is a nasty word. It, you know, we mm-hmm. hear warranty. People hate that word. And how do we take this industry and make it, you know, 100 percent consumer friendly? How do we make it transparent? Um, and how do we service people in the way that they want to be serviced versus the way that it, it happens today? And, you know, so Upsy, what we did was we, we created a product where you can go on and you can buy that same warranty that you would buy for 180 bucks and our product and they cost you 50 bucks. And you're going to get the same term of conditions, um, but they're going to be term of conditions that you really understand. Um, and then but we decided to take a step further. One of the big problems with the industry is I don't know where my receipt is. I don't know where my warranty is. You know, I have no clue what to do when I need to make a claim. Well, we try to solve those problems for you. You know, we store the receipt. We store the warranty. You know, if you need to make a claim, you can start that process in our app on our site. And what we try to do is make it when you have a problem getting to an answer and getting to you know a new phone or a new laptop as quickly as possible. And, you know, when you look back at the history of the industry, a lot of consumers will need to make a claim. And, you know, you're, you're mad that you broke your phone. Now I need to go in this box with 8000 other receipts and try to find my receipt. And I need to go in the box with you know, other warranties and figure out what warranty goes with this particular device. So by the time you get to a claim, you are so ticked off because you've been through this whole terrible process that now you have to deal with a, with a, a, you know, an associate that's picking up the phone that is treating you like, you, you know, like, like something is wrong with you for being mad. And, right. we, and we feel like if we can solve the price problem, um, if we can solve the problem when, you know, you're trying to find your receipt and the warranty and we can get you to that claim process a lot easier. Your claim will go a lot easier, and a lot faster. So we feel like this is a problem that that affects anybody. I don't care black, white, you know, what your social economic background is, where you come from. You know, we've all been at that moment at the register and we're just trying to build a solution where people actually want to buy a warranty versus feeling like, you know, I'm paying too much and I, and I don't understand what I'm doing. To piggyback on that. So today, for everyone listening, today I actually had my PC fail uh, this weekend. And today I went out and I had to buy a desktop. And I thought, well, I'm doing this interview with Clarence today. I'm going to put Upsy to the test. I'm actually going to look and see, you know, what the prices were comparing the warranty prices in this big box and a couple different, you know, big retailers to the app. And I have to say, Clarence, you know, it was so easy for me to pop open the app on my iPhone and literally in like five clicks, see the pricing. As Clarence just said a while ago, it's it's terminology in terms of the coverage details that I can read, I can understand immediately, you know, what I'm getting. And it was easy for me to sign up for an account. And the tabs here are just as clear as it gets. You know, it's like you can click on my stuff, you know exactly what warranties you have and and all that good stuff. So a big plug for you. I mean, it goes beyond the, the, the interview and what we're about to cover. But, you know, I am just so excited about what you're creating here because I, I really believe that you've created something amazing. So that leads me into, into my next question. You know, like me, you're a serial entrepreneur and you've now created, this is not your first rodeo, you've created no. and developed several businesses. What or who inspired you to get into business and entrepreneurship? I'm super transparent about my past. I'm a kid that comes from the streets. You know, I grew up in the mm-hmm. streets. 
um, doing all the wrong stuff. And I, I think inside of of that and all the wrong stuff that I was doing, you typically become an entrepreneur, right? Like I always tell people, you know, the, the, the kid that's in jail that was there for selling dope, he's an entrepreneur. He understands, you know, about profit and loss. You know, he, he really understands what, you know, he doesn't understand the terminology behind the P&L, but he sure understands how he's going to make his money and how he's going to pay his associates. So right. all those lessons that I learned why they were in a different environment were lessons that, you know, growing up, I understood how to lead people, even though it was the wrong direction. I understood that. Right. I understood what made people tick. I understood how money affected, you know, the, the bottom line and, and how my margins affected the bottom line. So, you know, I, I think it was just something ingrained in me. And, and once I got pushed in the right direction, um, it was a, a natural fit. Were there people that inspired you and mentored you on that journey? Yeah, definitely. You know, probably the the biggest you know influence that I, that I had throughout all this was you know I had a guy who was a, a at the time he was you know a Fortune fifty CEO at the time and he ended up becoming the wow. CEO of the company and um you know he he kind of took me under his wing and I saw things that you know I didn't know ever existed was possible and I I think for most people especially where I'm from you know you you think the four blocks that surround your house are what the world is about. And so I got exposed to things I didn't even know existed. And I think what had happened, it, it opened up something inside of me that said, you know, I can do anything I want to do. I, I have the skill set. Um, I can, I know I can go get the resources. Um, I need to become a better businessman per se, but you know, we, we all are, are, are learning constantly every day. So you know, I, I think, I think he kind of pushed me in that way, like, hey, whatever you can do, you want to do, you can do, you know, you, we just have to fix the business side of things. And I'm a voracious learner. Like, I, I just I love to read. I love to learn. And so it it, it became one of those deals where now it, it's a habit every day. I'm, I'm trying to learn how to be better, be a better you know, dad, a better you know, husband, a better businessman. Coming into Upsy, were you running another business? Were you in a corporate world? You know, what was the setup prior to Upsy? You know, I I had another staffing agency, and mm-hmm. it was probably the thing that helped me the most when it came to Upsy because that business failed, but all the mm-hmm. lessons that I learned going through it applied uh, applied to today. So decisions that would take me you know a long time to figure out, I, I I had been through it, so I just knew what we needed to do. That's good. So did you actually require funding to get Upsy started? Yes. So we, we raised before we had you know, a, a product, before we had a business plan, uh, we raised about one point three million in funding. Um, and I think more because we were dealing with a problem that affected everybody. So investors, you know, they've been through it, too. And they, they saw the opportunity. Mm. How did you go about that process? <laughs> that the first time that you actually went about the process of raising assets for, for a startup? Oh, so it was my second, but the the first one I had only raised uh, 125 grand, so mm-hmm. it was you know, on a much smaller scale. But I, I guess I had to kind of learn, you know, what it took from right. from the beginning anyway to to do it. So you know, I, I just went out and, and pounded the pavement. You know, I used my my network and you know other investors, talked to other investors that were really excited about the idea. So maybe for somebody else who's thinking of a startup um, of their own, um, could you maybe walk us through that process? Is that very involved? Is there, um, you know, a lot that goes into 
having um, a strong backbone before approaching investors? Yeah, I mean, you, you should probably set aside 90% of your life when you go out and raise because <laughs> because that's what it takes. Um, wow. And you have to be really, really focused on the raise and knowing your numbers and, you know, knowing what you're about. And obviously it all depends on what uh, stage of your business you're in. You know, obviously I was pre everything. So, you know, my story had to be really tight. But even now, as we're learning to go out and raise our next round, you know, it, it's amazing how it's changed from, you know, just telling a great story to now telling a great story and having your numbers in place and having a strong team. So right. you know, I, I would I would encourage anybody who's going out, you know, right now, no matter what stage you're at, make sure your story is right. Make sure you understand your market. Um, make sure you understand who your customers are and where you're going to find them at. Um, and I, I think if you know those things for the most part, yeah, depending on what stage you are, you, you can you can find somebody to invest in you. We like to talk about fears on on the podcast. And um, I was thinking, you know, if you could maybe share a story with us about a fear that you had in the past while setting up Upsy and um, talk us through what you did to overcome it. I think for me, the, the biggest fear that I had, and, and I'll try to put it in the story form, when I was out raising money, so I finally raised money and we were, you know, you know, we were battling with the industry because we needed a partner to do this with. And one of the things going into those meetings, you know, you're walking in with, you know, some of the biggest insurance companies in the world. And here I am, you know, I'm a young African-American dude from the streets of Atlanta. And, you know, I knew I was going to walk in a room with, you know, more polished and um, guys who, who, you know, been doing insurance for 30 years. And when you walk in the office, it's, you know, big marble tables and marbles on the wall and, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. I mean, it's pretty intimidating. And right. I think my biggest fear going into that was, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Mm. Um, am I savvy enough? to sit in these rooms with these guys. And I, I quickly figured out that not only was I all those things, but I was more um, because, wow. because the one thing that I had on them that, that they didn't have, most of those guys don't know what struggle is. They don't know what it's like to hear no. They don't know what it's like not to have. And, right. and because I was okay living in that world, when they told me no, you know, I just kept fighting. You know, when they, when they acted like, you know, because of the color of my skin or because I didn't have the education or because we were a startup that we wasn't good enough, we just kept fighting. And, mm. and, and, and I think, you know, going. Nothing to lose mentality. Right. Almost. right. I always say that nothing, that nothing worse than a person that has nothing to lose. So that was my biggest fear going in. Like, like, am I good enough to be in this room with these guys? And while I had had like, you know, great training and great mentors and, and all that stuff until you get in a situation and you figure out, okay, I'm supposed to be in here. It is a pretty, you know, scary situation walking in. Mm-hmm. So, what did you do to overcome that? How did you kind of push through it? You know, I I think you got to just dive head 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 first in, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember going to our first big meeting and I was scared to death <laughs> going in. And I remember I was with my partners and I was like. You know, I, I put on a really good face, like, let's go, let's go win. Um, but <laughs> I was so scared walking in. And, and I remember thinking halfway through the meeting, uh, I hadn't said a word. And I remember walking, uh, getting halfway through the meeting. I remember thinking, like, these guys are not that smart. And, and part of that was not, I mean, and it's not me making, you know, saying that they're not smart guys or they're not intelligent. Right. But more yeah. of me saying that, like, these guys are living so much in the past. 
they don't take the time to open the blinds and look at what the rest of the world is doing. And mm. I knew about halfway through the meeting, I was like, not only are we on to something, but as soon as we can get out the market and start to capture market share, these guys are not going to know what to do because they've never had to do anything different. So, uh-huh. you know, th- that was kind of my moment where I was like, you know what? Not, not only am I good enough, but I think I can beat these guys. Was that an aha moment for you? Oh, without a doubt. It, it, it was yeah. it was a validation I needed for all the work that we had put in prior. It was wow. that validation that I needed to say, you know what? Now we can win. Wow. That's awesome. Talk us through some of the cost effective ways you guys have found, you know, to, to try and bring brand awareness to Upsy. Because we're obviously a new brand and because not only we're a new brand, but we're a brand that's doing something totally different than what consumers are used to it being done. Um, right. We, we we went out with some assumptions. I think any startup that goes out with assumptions, 99% of the time is wrong. So mm-hmm. we went out and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not shy to tell you we made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> we, we screwed up a lot. But what we were able to do is learn a lot and, and look at mm-hmm. data and 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 really start to figure out, you know, where do we need to be at with our customers for them um, to see our brand in, in, in a way that they feel like it add value to their lives. So, okay. you know, we, we've been able to put ourselves in position and and and, and, I, and I'm sorry if I'm kind of talking around like I'm I'm not going to no. tell specifics, but, no, no, no. you know, we've been able to put ourselves in in a position where customers are literally in love with our brand. I mean, that we have some ads that we are seeing you know, 30, 40, 50% return wow. on those, or I'm sorry, 50 time return on those investments. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we think that's because we're finally putting ourselves in a place where customers are there to buy. And um, is, is digital really kind of more of the place that works for you to, to kind of get that brand awareness out? Yep. Yep. So we, we know when we get in front of customers before they ever think about purchasing and we tell them the story about how the industry works. You know, we get, right. we get two very distinct uh, reactions. And one of them you went through today, right? Which was like, holy jeez. Like, yeah. I didn't know that the, the, I didn't know that it was going like this, right? That I, I was being taken advantage of like this. And it's almost like an anger to a happy feeling. Like, oh, I'm so angry that they're trying to charge me this, but I'm so happy that I have another solution. And so, digitally we're able to tell that story to kind of the mass market and then by the time they get to the register and they have upsy ingrained in their mind literally we have customers that sit at the register take a picture of the receipt with their phone and you can see this associate the store associate standing behind the picture <laughs> clarence today I probably was so rude when <laughs> by the time the guy came to show me the warranty paper, <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> like, yeah, I want no part of this. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, it was, it was so, I mean, it was so clear. It was probably like, no lie, like $40 to $190 difference, you know, between the two. It was, it was crazy to me how, how different how much more these guys are, are asking for the same, you know, the same kind of coverage. It was it's crazy to me. We spoke about some of the people that inspired you, right? On your journey. Do you obviously you have investors, but do you have mentors or, you know, like a mastermind accountability partners that help you keep on track. And, um, you know, how necessary are they in, in your, in your day to day right now? Right. Yeah. You know, as I mentioned before, you know, I'm, I've been fortunate to have, you know, 
you know, a great mentor that, you know, has been, you know, really instrumental in, in my life and in my business life. Um, but I, I think an, another thing that I've been fortunate with is, you know, I got an unbelievable team of people around me, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. our, you know, our, our VP of engineering, our COO, our project manager. Like, I, I just work with some unbelievable, unbelievably smart people. And, right. and, you know, I always joke around people say, you know, I'm literally the dumbest person in the room every time we meet. And that's the goal. Yeah. And, and, and that's definitely the goal. And it's invigorating to be able to go in the meeting and feel like you're learning something from somebody on your team every time. And so, you know, I'm a big believer in like, yes, like go hunt out people who are way smarter. And I think yeah. a lot of people are so scared of that because you know, it's an ego thing or, or, you know, I don't want to feel dumb. And at the end of the day, you, 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 you soak up so much knowledge and you soak up like just so much good stuff and so much positive energy that it puts you in a really, really good place to lead your company. Talk to me about family. You know, what, what, what effect has, has family had on shaping you as an entrepreneur and how, how has, how has, um, being a family man, right? How do you balance all of your roles and still maintain a, a successful business? Right. So I, I'm a big believer in that. Like, I know that my family, you know, they allow me to do this stuff. You know, we, I have a 17 month year old daughter. Wow. I have a wife that I've been married to for about eight years, nine years, something like that. Don't don't let her listen to this. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, at the end of the day, I, I know that, you know, I'm not able to do the things I need to do day to day. You know, whether that's, you know, not being home to 10 o'clock at night because I got a start of event at night or, you know, me coming home crabby because something went wrong that day. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you know, you gotta have a really, really strong partner to make this entrepreneurial thing work because, it is not as glamorous as people think, especially on your partner. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, for, for me, you know, just having the freedom to do the things I need to do day in, day out. Um, I, I feel super fortunate um, for that. So, you know, my wife, Jenny, kudos to her because she, you know, she lets me, she lets me do what I need to do. People ask me about balance pretty often. And I, I'm not a big balance person. You know, if, if you want to win, there, there's some things are going to have to suffer. And I think it's about finding a partner that is willing to kind of take the back seat for that time being so you can go and win and do the things that you need to do. So not really big in the, into balance. Um, mm-hmm. I'm more into finding the right bit, the per, right person to be with so that mm-hmm. you can concentrate on the things that you need to do and go win. Cause that's why we're in this, right? We're in this to go win. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a rough balance, man. It's a, it's a rough path as an entrepreneur to, um, to, you know, push 24 seven and always be on the go. It's, um, it's not for everyone, right. but, um, talk to me about, you know, how you keep from, from falling into comfort zones with your, your day to day. How do you keep motivated and keep pushing yourself to new and higher heights? I'm a self-motivated person. I always say great entrepreneurs are always want worrying. Like there's something always on their mind. They're always worried about something. I always worry about, you know, how's this ad going or, you know, how is my team feeling? Like, I feel like that's healthy for a great leader to always be worrying about something. And for me, I don't ever get comfortable because, you know, it could be two o'clock in the morning and I wake up and say, you know, hey, I, I need to check our product, make sure our site is up. And, you know, and that somebody didn't hack us <laughs> and, and throw something on our site that's not supposed to be there to deter consumers. You know, it is, it's kind of just constant healthy worry that I feel like for me, it keeps me from being comfortable. Are you big on goal setting and, and um, you know, constant 
evaluation of, of kind of where you are? How, how do you manage that side? I think it starts with being self-aware. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm self-aware about, you know, every flaw that I have. Um, I'm a big believer in that you, you, the only way you feel you feel those flaws is by bringing on great people. So, you know, right. I, I try to make sure that, you know, I stay self-aware in everything that I'm doing, whether it's, you know, my marriage or whether it's with my kid, you know, whether it's with, with business, just trying to be self-aware so that I, I always know, like, Clarence, you have to improve every single day. Question for you. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to throw you completely off here. Okay. If you found out that, you know, if you found out that tonight you could have dinner with any two people alive or from the history books, who would they be? I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. I just think what he's done with, with Tesla and space, SpaceX and, and what he did at, at uh, PayPal was you know tremendous. I, I really respect the guy who, you know, at PayPal, obviously that's a, a digital play and an Internet play. But he decided to go do totally two totally different things that had nothing to do with the Internet. You see a lot of people do that. They have success on one Internet company. They'll go raise a bunch of money and start another Internet company. And right. I, I see what you know, I see why people do that, because it's kind of a natural progression. But, you know, he totally was like, you know, I need to help the world in a different way. And yes, I can go st- go start the next payment company or e-commerce company. But no, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to build electric cars. I'm going to go build a spaceship that's going to Mars. I, you can't do nothing but respect a guy. Absolutely. Like, like that. And probably the, the second guy that I would love to, to sit down with, and I'm probably, you probably heard this on his show a bunch of times. I think Steve Jobs would be an interesting uh, lunch with because everything that I, I hear about him is how, so yes, you hear all the stories about how hard he was on his team, but our stories, yeah, yeah, but you also hear the other side that he's one of the most brilliant people that, you know, people have ever talked to. So right. I, I think it'd be really interesting to sit down with a guy like that and just, you know, just shut up and learn. Any idea what you'd want to ask him? Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest thing is how, how do you deal with adversity? It's a question I ask a ton of leaders. Like, what do you do to deal with adversity? Because, you know, you hear horror stories of, you know, what happened with Bernie Madoff and his son killed himself, right? Because he was going through some adversity. And you hear other people who do yoga <laughs> and do, you know, little things like that to deal with it. Right. And so I'm always trying to figure out, you know, what is that thing you know, I deal with yoga by going to play. I mean, I deal with adversity by going to play basketball or, um, you know, go running on the track or something. I, I always love to hear how other people deal with it. And if there's something that, uh, you know, a nugget I can take out of it. So, Clarence, I, I just want to take 30 seconds quickly to acknowledge you. Um, I want to say thank you for taking a very bold step when you became frustrated by this problem you had with that warranty company however many moons ago, right? right? And had a vision to create, you know, a better solution, a consumer-friendly warranty solution, as you called it. And you are creating a better tomorrow for all of us um, with Upsy. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you taking that step and putting your dream into a plan and seeing that plan through and raising the capital you needed and creating what is now becoming a very terrific brand that, you know, provides a, a very a needed service to each and everyone that is actually listening to this interview, somebody, you know, just about everybody on this call listening to this podcast has a smartphone, has a, you know, a laptop, a device, everybody does, right? So sure. you have created something that's going to transform this industry. And I just want to say thank you, sir. No, 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 man, no problem. Thank you. Thank you for, for having us on. Thank you for you know, trying out the product today. 
that was crazy timing. No, we, <laughs> oh, no, we, we really appreciate it, man. Thank you. So we have just a few more minutes with you, okay. and I'm going to speed things up a bit. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. All right. All right, so what's one book you've read recently that inspired you? Um, Mark Andreessen's, you know, The Hard Things About The Hard Things, I think is an unbelievable book. Wow, I was talking to somebody in D.C. just last night, and they were asking me about that same book. Yeah. I, have to, I have to read that. Yeah. I'll make sure for everyone listening, I'll put the book up in our show notes um, on tbpod.com, so you can just jump over there, and um, we'll, we'll put up all the information and resources there for everyone. What's something small you've done this month that you're proud of? Um, you know, we continue to lower our customer acquisition costs, so I'm super proud of that. Wow, that's awesome. Can a trailblazer have too many goals? Yes. I feel like you have to be focused on, you know, one or two goals that are attainable. I think too many is overwhelming. Mm. Name an online resource. Could be an app, software, or tool that you use every day in your business and you can't live without it. Slack. (laughs) (laughs) Slack. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a good app. I actually use Slack a lot more for looking at their their website. I'm rebuilding a website right now, and I'm I'm jacking all kinds of ideas from Slack's website. Love it. Nice, nice. Why is it important to volunteer and give back with both your time and talents? Yeah, you know, when you're giving giving things, you know, it's only right to give back. And like as I said before, I'm a kid from the street, so people gave to me, and I wouldn't be here or alive if it wasn't for them. Um, I've been mm. fortunate to partner or to, to you know, help out a, a local group called Ujama that actually gives second opportunities to African-American men who are coming out of the prison or jail system. So, wow. you know, I, I'm, I'm really connected to those guys and just trying to, you know, to show African-American men that you can be so much more, your mistakes doesn't matter. Mm, that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. So, you know, we invite our guests at the end of each interview to, um, to take a couple minutes to impart some actionable wisdom, tips, strategies, or if you just want it to be a motivational message that can help us um, to begin to elevate our game right away. So take a couple minutes and help us blaze our trail. Find great people to surround yourself with. You know, it's been one of the biggest things in my life that really turned my life, you know, in a, in a different direction um, is because right. I decided to surround myself with winners. I know that's kind of a cliche and people say it a ton, but when you surround yourself with winners, it's amazing how you just start to win when you work hard. So uh, yeah, I would encourage people, you know, do everything you can to, to surround yourself with the, the, the best people possible. Please tell our community how we can stay connected with you and we'll wrap up for today. Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on Twitter. That's what I'm most active at. Um, Clarence underscore Bethea. That's B-E-T-H-E-A. Um, you can also, you know, Check us out on our website at upsiepsie.com. You know, if you're looking at our product, um, we, we also decided to give out a code because I met you on Twitter. So, um, you know, we, <laughs> we have a, a, a 15% off code. That's just Twitter 15, um, all one word, lowercase or uppercase doesn't matter. Um, and that gets you 15% off your first purchase with us. So, um, feel free to, you know, check us out. If you have any questions, you know, ping me on Twitter and, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting any feedback from, from you guys that I can get. Fantastic. Thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy business and family life to share this inspiring story with us. We value, we appreciate you, and we thank you. Yep. Thanks for having us. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I hope you enjoyed Clarence's story today. 
I'll post links to his website and social channels along with his recommendations for books and other resources. Now I'll put that up on our show notes page at tbpod.com slash episode nine. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us an honest review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and or TuneIn. Now, listen up, guys. We're going to be launching a brand new exclusive Facebook group to build a community for like-minded business professionals and entrepreneurs. And if you'd like access, I want you to shoot me an email at steven at tvpod.com or connect with me on Twitter at tvpod. Let me know you want into the community when it does go live. We're looking to let in only those people who are extremely passionate, confident, and ready for success at the highest level. So stay tuned for more information on our private community. Once again, thank you all so very much for listening today. Now rise above and go way beyond to make today great. Great.